Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live here on this rainy day in Dallas, Texas. Um, my name is Monica Terrell. I am not Pastor Crawford. Um, <laughs> he and his family are traveling this week, and um, so it's a great honor to be here and to to share in the Word of God with, with you all. Um, happy Memorial Day. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday honoring our our country and and all those that have fought for us um you know I was t- we were talking on saints i was talking on saints radio yesterday about that and about how you know over the last 20 years just being more aware of of spiritual warfare and of of being in the army of god it's really um, illuminated a lot of things in me about this particular holiday because um, it's not just in the natural that we celebrate. I mean, we certainly celebrate those that have gone before us in battle on behalf of the greatest war that is being fought, and that is the, the battle in the kingdom of God, right? So I hope you had a, a wonderful celebration, um, and uh, it's good to be here. Amen? Amen. So tonight um, we're going to talk about what I've entitled a willing heart and and this this particular study this teaching or this prophetic release I will I will say is really something that is is somewhat supernatural because for those of you that know me this is not something that I would normally talk about study about teach about and and let me just preface it by saying that this is not about our finances this is about the heart but it does involve giving and um, so, but this is something that God very strongly put upon my heart, really, um, after I had the, the wonderful privilege of going into Brazil. And, and really, um, let me just say it like this. I, I, I feel the burden for the nations. I feel the burden that's on God's heart to get this message to, you know, to make disciples of all of all men to go throughout the world and do what God's called us to do in way of restoring the tabernacle of David and the things that he's placed upon us as a people, as sons, as his sons in the kingdom to see um, this earth restored and to see his glory um, manifest on the earth, those places taken back. And so, you know, for, the, for years and years and years, I, I've been so focused on the continent of Europe and on, on, on those nations there, and still am, and as we all are. We prayed for about France tonight in our prayer time. That, will, <laughs> that is on God's heart, and that is certainly something that will um, continuously be a burden that we will serve and minister and, and um, continue to go. But going into a new continent, was, was somewhat of a, a point of expansion, at least for me personally, for me prophetically. And, and it really um, enlightened me to, in, in, a, in, a, in a fresh way, I'll say, to the responsibility, the vast responsibility that we have as a people. And, you know, recognizing that we are um, small, we are a remnant, and we will probably always be a remnant, How, whatever that looks like, you know. So 
um, but also realizing that there's a great need. There is a great need throughout the earth. And God has given us something to take and continues to do that through um, his word and through just this message of intercession. And all that requires resources, whether it be service, you know, voluntary service, whether it be financial resources, whatever it is, you're, you know, you, you are a resource and you expend yourself um, before the Lord, whether it be through, you know, a spiritual outpouring or, you know, emotion, you know, whatever it is, but also um, in the natural, you know, the financial burden and, and the resources. And, and as a church, as a house, and I'm sure that those houses that are listening experience the same thing, you know, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. I mean, just tonight, we talked about about five things that need to be addressed and, and, and they don't get repaired, they don't get replaced for free. But God always provides. And, and, and he, he provides over in abundance all that we ask or need as long as we're seeking first his kingdom. But what he is looking for are hearts of people that are giving it all. That are, you know, God is a God of sacrifice. And he loves that whole offering. He wants our whole heart. He wants this to be everything to us. And all those other things are added. And that requires a sacrifice, whatever that might be. And so um, when, when we were in Brazil, in Cabo Frio, at the church, um, they had these t-shirts. I was going to wear it, but I didn't. <laughs> so just pretend I have it on. But they have these t-shirts. And, and all of those that, that do ministry, from the pastor had it on, his wife had it on, the whole worship team had it on, all the ushers had it on. People everywhere were running around in these t-shirts. And you could tell those were people that you would go to if you had a question or if you needed something. They were the volunteers, so to speak. And I say that because on the side, in Portuguese, it says volunteer. So even the pastor had this shirt on that said volunteer. And on the front it says, anybody want to give a shot at what it says? We're interpreting Portuguese. <laughs> it says service for something greater. Serve some, sir, yes. So they gave me this when I left on the last night that we were there, and um, it's a great blessing. But, you know, I really started just, just praying about, um, I don't know what. I, I just, in, 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 in my deliberations before the Lord, God led me to this study. And, you know, it's like one of those things that I never would have searched out on my own. But it's been such an incredible blessing just to study some of these scriptures that, that um that we're going to talk about tonight, and um, so here we go. Are you with me? So we're we're gonna we're gonna study in the Hebrew. We're gonna start in the Hebrew and then touch on the New Covenant at the very end. But we're gonna look at at this this root word Nadab, and it's a primitive root. It's a Hebrew root, and it means to impel. Now impel 
means to urge something forward, okay? It means to drive something forward, to press on, to propel, especially according to a course of action, okay? So that's what um, impel means. And so the, the root of Nadab means to impel, to volunteer as a soldier, to present spontaneously, to offer freely, to be willing, to give willingly, or to offer yourself willingly, okay? So the root really connotes an uncompelled and free movement of the will, of the heart, unto divine service or sacrifice. Now, we're not talking about the tithe. We're talking about a free will offering. And, and, and we're not necessarily talking about money or goods, but we are going to talk about that because that does link to this. We're talking about our whole self. We're talking about offering ourselves voluntarily in service in divine service or sacrifice. So it's to offer yourself to give to bestow voluntarily. It describes the inner state, the inner state of us, the inner state of what's in here of giving, okay? It is a natural a natural impulse without effort or premeditation. And if you're offering goods, it is something that you offer of your own. It's your own goods, and it's something that you offer voluntarily. Okay? And then we're also going to look inner, we're also going to look at a derivative of this, which really is the object of the nadab. So it would be the actual offering. And it's a spontaneous or an abundant gift of free will offering. And once again, that can be something goods, you know, you could give, or that can be of yourself. So we're talking about our hearts being willing to give to the service of the Lord. And I know, guys, that I am preaching to the choir. So I acknowledge that up front. I'm just saying, this is where God took me and administered to my heart. Because God will continually test our hearts. Because I don't care who you are, we like our stuff. Right? And we like to be comfortable. And <laughs> that's just the nature of, of man. Now, we have presented, you know, we present that before the Lord. We offer our bodies as living sacrifices. We, we, know, we, we know all that. We've given our lives for what God has called us to. But it is a continual testing. It's a continual trial. And there are continual needs that come that will continually, continuously test us, right? I remember we had a first fruits offering that was given when we bought the TriCaster, which was um, revolutionary for this ministry. Would you agree? And the Lord put on pastor's heart, we're going to have a first fruits offering. And you give something that costs you something. You give something that, that, that makes you say, ouch. Remember that? And so because of the fact that, that I'm not the breadwinner in my household, yet Les and I have an agreement. We tithe. We give offering. We talk about what we give. I mean, you know, it's not like he just does it all. We, we are in agreement and partnership with about that. But for that particular offering, I had to give something that was mine. And I knew that. God was like pricking at my heart big time and saying, I want you to give something that means something to you. And I did. And so did all of you. And I remember after I went into the, the office and I presented it and I gave it, I remember walking out and walking into the sanctuary and I just started sobbing. Not because I had let go of something that was precious, even though that did, did kind of sting. I mean, I've thought, I even thought, I'm going to go back and see if I can buy it. Really, I had that thought. Like, I, you remember the guy that came and bought all our stuff? I thought, I know where his office is. I'm going to go back over there and see if I can buy it back. 
because st- I still gave the offering. But would that be valid? God said, you give something. You give something. And so it wasn't so much that I was so sad that I'd given something. You, probably, you all can probably give the same testimony. It was more I knew that I had pleased the Lord. Just from my heart. Just from, from who I was and from my heart. And, and I still feel that. I mean, I, I think about that regularly. I think about that. That's what this is. And, um, and, that, and he asked for that. And we're going to see him asking for that. And it's like I said, it's not just about giving things. It's about giving of ourselves. And, uh, you know, I've, I, I've really been, like, thinking a lot and praying a lot about our service before the Lord, our service as intercessors. And we've had conversations about this because, you know, we have, we have worship times. We have prayer times. We have a structure just like all of our churches have a structure. And we have established times of intercession. We have established times of worship. Um, we have classes and whatnot. And we, as a people, have a responsibility to be here. But where do you draw the line between it becoming an obligation? Are you really coming out of your heart? And that's really where God has been kind of pricking me, like, you know, if ever I think, oh, I really would just like to stay home tonight. Ever feel that way? And then I think, no, I have a responsibility. I need to be there. I need to support the speaker. You know, I need to go to prayer. I need to, I mean, I think we all probably have those thoughts. But I'm really tired, and it, I could just live stream. And we, we, you know, there's a freedom to do that. So I'm not saying there's any measure of bondage or legal or anything like that. I'm just saying, where do you draw the line between it becoming an obligation that you do out of obligation or you coming out of the free will of your heart? And, and that's what this is about. And so we'll get into it because otherwise I'll stand here and talk to you until it's time to leave. So the... Um, we have the NADAB, which is the actual volunteering or the, uh, the, the offering, the free offering. It's the actual verb. It's the action of actually giving. And then we have the NADABA, which comes from NADAB, and it is the object of the NADAB, and it is the free will offering as a spontaneous gift, a voluntary sacrifice, as, to, as opposed to one in consequence of a vow or an obligation or a commandment or an... Um, and it was what was offered voluntarily, the contributions toward building God's places of worship. But we're going to get into that. The noun represents sacrificial gifts made out of pure devotion of heart, not out of precept or promise. And I'm going to stop just for a minute. Ruby, is the air conditioner on? Is anybody else hot? Okay. It just feels abnormally warm in here. Maybe it's just me. I'm, like, becoming that sacrifice. <laughs> I humor myself. And so, so the, the, um, it is the sacrificial gift made out of pure devotion, not out of a precept or a promise. Thank you, Ruby. And as we are fully behind the work of God, and just as the children of Israel, Israel we must put him first and his work before our needs, before ourselves, giving generously of our lives and really giving our very lives and we all know that and we could all say amen right it reminds me a lot of the woman with the alabaster box and 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 you know you think about that 
and you think about for her all that mattered was his value and his worth to her to her life right it was it was so valuable to her who he was in her life was so value and was valuable and so worthy of her offering that she took the the, the best thing she had maybe the only only measure of um, provision that she had in her household and she went and she poured it out upon him that's what I want my heart to be that 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 is I know we all do right because that is his value to us this offering denotes and celebrates a state of favor and blessedness arising from intimate and proper relationship with God and he blesses those who make this pleasing sacrifice to him out of a generous spirit and with no other motive as it is very pleasing to him. Amen? Amen. So the first scripture that I gave you is this one that speaks about the sweet Savior under Savior, Savior under Yahweh. Um, and I'm just going to read that. We're going to launch from there, and then we're going to get into the meat of the message. Um, it says in Numbers 15, beginning with verse 3, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, when ye be come into the land of your habitations, which I will give to you, and will make an offering by fire unto Yahweh, a burnt offering or a sacrifice, and performing a vow. So these are different kinds of offerings that you can make to him. Or in a free will offering, which is a derivative of this Nadab, which is what we're talking about. Or in your solemn feast, to make a sweet savor unto Yahweh of the herd or of the flock. It is a pleasing aroma to him. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> God loves the smell of burning flesh. He loves the sacrifice. He loves that. He is a God of sacrifice. And that pleasing aroma, think about the imagery of the scent that represents his pleasure and his satisfaction in experiencing that worship unto him that you give to him by giving that sacrifice by giving that offering to him he loves that sacrifice he was the sacrifice he is the sacrifice and it is just sacred I mean it is sacred devotion from the heart and this is a life that we live I mean we are called to be that living sacrifice and it is a continual lifestyle that we must live um, but it, you know it comes in a lot of different you know he requires it in a lot of different ways and we just need to be sensitive to what he's saying and, and, and be willing from the place of our heart. And so let's begin looking at um, these scriptures regarding the tabernacle and the temple. And um, I, I really love this. I, I really love this. this, this first, the, these first passages out of Exodus are when the Lord spoke unto Moses about building the, the, the tabernacle of Moses on the earth and remember he had called Moses and company the 70 elders and Nadab and Abihu up to into the mount to and they saw God remember they stood on the, the the sapphire and they saw God and they also I believe saw the temple and they came back down and basically what God was saying was I want you to build the temple, the tabernacle, on the earth. And that makes such perfect sense because what is the Lord's Prayer? 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we just want to go to heaven. Sometimes we just, and we do, we dwell there. Our, our seat, our heavenly seats are there. We, our conversation is there. We, we dwell there, but we have a responsibility here. And so he says, I want you to build that tabernacle on the earth. I want it to be a functioning tabernacle with a brazen altar, with a golden altar that's functioning, that houses my presence, that you will take with me wherever you go as you go through the wilderness. And so let's read beginning Exodus 25, beginning with verse 1. There's a lot of scripture here, and I'm sorry, so I'm going to read kind of fast. But these are probably all familiar with you, to you. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Now this is just like a general offering. Of every man that gives it willingly, Nadab, with his heart, in his heart. We know that heart is like the center of who you are. It's like your inner man. Your thoughts, your intellect, your emotions, all of that stuff is, your, is within your heart. So every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood. Oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and sweet incense. Onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. The, all this was for the function of the tabernacle. And then it says, and let, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. I love that. And then in verse 8, according to all that I will show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle, which is in heaven, and the pattern of all the instruments thereof. So God took Moses to heaven. He took the 70 elders to heaven. He gave them the vision. And what do we talk about? We talked about this on Sunday. Provision always follows the vision. He gives a vision, and he always provides for it. But what, would he, was, what he was asking from them, he was asking for a free will offering from the heart because he wanted them to invest on what he was doing on the earth. He wanted that. That, that was, he wanted them to invest in that. It was not something that he imposed out of obligation. He didn't give a commandment. He said, I'm asking them to voluntarily give a gift out of their heart. Now, the tent, the tabernacle, was that sacred dwelling place that's dedicated to God for his presence to dwell. And I believe, and even, you know, we, we judge the children of Israel a lot because they're just such a target, <laughs> right? But any one of us who's wandering around like that, our shoes are worn out, we're eating little crackers for days and days and days, we're with millions of people, there's crying babies. I mean, I, I, you don't know how you would have done. <laughs> you can look from afar and we can read about it and say, I cannot believe they acted that way. But none of us really know, really, right? But I believe at the core of who God created us to be is that deep, deep desire of heart to make a place of his presence and to dwell with him and it was the same with them he created them they were his children he created them so he put in their heart and he knew that was in their heart and so on top of that he was giving them the opportunity to partner with him on what he you know on that place of his presence that was being established upon the earth 
that's just how good God is. He's just so good. Amen? And so we're going to skip down to Exodus 35. And between 25 and 35 is all kinds of stuff. We don't have time to go into it. But, I mean, there was the golden calf. And then there was Moses interceded. And then there was atonement for Israel. And then the tabernacle of the congregation was set outside the camp. And then, remember, God came in that pillar out, you know, at the door of the, the tabernacle of congregation, which was the the place where they met before the tabernacle. And, and, and then he spoke. Um, he spoke this. No, then he called Moses up to Mount Sinai. And remember, his, he came down. His face was shining. Um, that's when Moses was saying, you know, God... If we found grace in your eyes, you know, we don't want to go without you, all that stuff. I mean, there was so much that went on between those, um, between those verses. And so beginning with Exodus 35, beginning with verse 1, And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words of Yahweh. These are the words that the Lord has commanded that you should do. And then he talks about the Sabbath being the seventh day, that they don't work on the Sabbath, they don't kindle a fire on the Sabbath, or they will be put to death. And Moses spoke unto the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is a thing which the Lord Yahweh has commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering, it's just a general offering, unto Yahweh. Whoever is of willing native heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. Okay? And then verse 10 says, And every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all, the, all that the Lord has commanded. So it wasn't just about bringing the goods. It was about bringing the service. It was about the wise-hearted men that could actually do the actual work to build it. And it was an elaborate, it was an elaborate place. But he was just looking for those that would be willing to do it. And then Exodus 35, beginning with verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came every one whose heart was stirred. And this word for stirred is that word nasa. We've studied it. It's one of the words for the burden. So their hearts were burdened for what God wanted to do. And every one whose spirit, whose ruah, made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work or the employment of the tabernacle of congregation for all of his service and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many were willing, hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold, and every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. I love that. Okay? So their hearts were stirred. Their affections really were set on the work that God had given them to do. And they were fully engaged in that service unto God. No one forced them. To lend help, it was all sacred work, and it was all done by a free will offering, okay? And then Exodus 35, 29, And the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And then Exodus 36, 1 through 7, Then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord had put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work of the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called those two and every wise-hearted man in, whom the heart, in, in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom. 
even every one whose heart stirred him up to come unto work to do it. And they received of Moses of the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it withal. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning, which to me is such a picture of grace. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. And they spoke unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord has commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff that they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and was too much. Isn't that just amazing? I just think that is so amazing. Because he brings the provision if we bring the heart. He's just looking for the whole heart. He's looking for us to be all in. No matter no matter how it how it makes us uncomfortable, no matter. He is looking for the whole heart and he is so good to do that. I love that. The temple this is really how he built both of his structures. First Chronicles 29, beginning with verse 1. Now, we, we know the story behind this, okay? But this is really beautiful. Just, just the way that David set the example was just, it's just so beautiful. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God has chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for Yahweh Elohim. Now I have prepared, so he had readied himself with all of his might, and this might is his koa, which is that capacity, it's like the prophetic competency and confidence. He just had this incredible influence that was from God. For the house of my God, or my Elohim, the gold for things to be made of gold and the silver for things of silver and the brass for things of brass iron wood onyx stones to be set glistening glis, glistening stones divers colors all manners of precious stones and marble stones in abundance so david brought all that moreover because i have set my affection to the house of my elohim i have mine own proper good of gold silver which i have given to the house of god over and above all that i have prepared for the holy house even 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of silver to overlay the walls, gold for gold, silver for silver, all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And, and then he says, who then is willing, who is Nadab to consecrate? And that, is, that means literally to accomplish or fulfill his service, his yad, yod. That's that open hand that we extend, that God extends towards us that brings that miraculous provision. So who is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? He didn't come and beat them over and say, everybody's got to give. He just says, who's willing? Who's got a willing heart to come and give and extend that hand? And then the chief of the fathers and the princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains and the thousands and the rulers of the, of the king's work, they offered willingly, they nadabbed, and they gave for the service of the house of God. And it in, in excess and then the people rejoiced for they had offered they had nadabbed because with perfect heart that's shalem heart that's that complete heart that whole heart 
they offered willingly, they nadab to Yahweh, and David the king also rejoiced with great joy. And this joy, this rejoicing, is that joy, that rejoicing that's associated with the heart. I mean, it comes from the depths of the heart. And so that offering that was given to build the house of Elohim brought that rejoicing that was just, it was the joy of the Lord because it was his work and it was his house and it was where he would abide. And then David brings this prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude for the overflowing and widespread interest. Now you think about David, I mean, he set an example. And, and, and there's a lot of, and we're going to see this, and I'm thinking another, in another verse, but when you give your heart, whether it be in intercession, whether it be, when it, whether it be in any capacity, that's infectious. People notice that. And I remember in the early days when we started having those first seminars, and I remember, you know, we were so young, and we were just so just passionate to be on our face and to be indwelling, you know, and, and we still are. But I remember that was, that was such an influence to those people that had come in, and they would say things like, I want that. And you, isn't that the greatest thing that anybody would say about you? I want what she has. I want to be like that. That's Nadab. That is giving your heart. That is giving all that you are. And just like David, I mean, we have no doubt that David had it. That is what was on his heart throughout his rulership was to build God a house. It was so much on his heart that I think it became somewhat of an idol that God said, nope, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know if that's why God, I mean, we, but I mean, it was just so on his heart to do that. And so he set such an incredible example um, so 1 Chronicles 29, beginning with verse 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Yahweh, is the greatest in the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and on earth is yours. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest, thou rule over all, and, thy, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand is to make great. And this word for great means to nourish, to grow, to develop. So in his hand is to nourish and to grow and to develop us, and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and this word for thank is the word yada and we've studied about this and this yada is like that revelatory communication that you have as you commit your hands your arms to partner with god in the miraculous so he was giving thanks he was extending the hand and saying use us lord use us and praise halal thy glorious name but who am i and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort for all the things come of you and of thine own have we given thee so we just basically give back to him what is his anyway right for we are strangers before thee and sojourners as we are as are our fathers our days are on the earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee a house for thine holy name cometh of your hand. 
and is all yours. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and has pleasure in uprightness. And this word for uprightness means to, to look straight ahead and to be focused on the task. So he tries our heart, right? He's always going to try our heart because he wants that whole heart. And he has pleasure in our uprightness and our focus to, to serve him and his eternal plan. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly, I have nadabbed, offered all these things, and now I have seen with joy thy people which are present here to also offer freely unto thee. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination. I love this too. I mean, I, we could pray this over us. Keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of your people. What he has done through them. I mean, you think about it. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need our stuff. <laughs> he wants, he wants to, to do it through us, right? He wants to do every bit of it through us. And so he has to know that our hearts are willing that what he provides to us, we will sow back in. He's so much more interested in our pouring back out than the pouring in that he does, even though he pours in. But that's just how good he is, and that's just how it works in the kingdom. Amen? So keep it forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their hearts unto thee. So he wants to provide through you. He wants to provide big things through you. He wants, that, he wants you to extend that empty hand of partnership that may be very empty to you. I mean, I'm very sensitive to the needs of this house. I'm very, and, and let me just preface this by saying I know nothing of the finances of this church. I mean, this is not about that. I'm just saying... He knows where you are. He knows exactly where you are. And I, and, and I think we're all sensitive to the needs of one another, right? I'm just saying, he's saying, I want to do it through you. I want you to let me do it through you. And I believe those windows of heaven are going to be open. And he's going to pour out the blessing that there's not room enough to store it. But we have to be willing to give it, right? Because it doesn't belong to us anyway. It belongs to him. Now, before we segue or transition, let me just say this. You know, we're talking about building structures and um, building the tabernacle, building the temple. And we're not building a new church. But I will say, first of all, we are called to restore the tabernacle of David. Every time we go out into a nation, every time we go out in our intercession, in all that we are, we are called to do that. Now, what is the tabernacle of David? Let's just revisit this. Because we may not, may not be talking about actual structures God's asking us to build. We're talking about spiritual things, right? Tabernacle of David. It is worship and commune with the Father <coughs> as, <coughs> excuse me, as sons are being restored and called into their place, into their identity. It is warfare to take dominion on behalf of the kingdom of God. And remember, David appointed seers to continually offer that prophetic worship in the tabernacle of David. Is that not what we do? When we went into Brazil, that's what we did. That's what was on God's heart. You are restoring the tabernacle of David. So we not, may not be building the tabernacle, but we are building the tabernacle. We are restoring the tabernacle. And so we have to look at it that way, right? When we 
have an expense to replace the TriCaster or replace that Minimac that's going out. That is in restoring the tabernacle because what that is used for is getting the message out into the nations, the message of intercession, the message of all these things, the message of prophetic worship, all of these things. And so as those, as lovers of God, when we go out in commune with him, we go, we discern the spiritual atmosphere, we hear from him, we respond obediently, right, in his timing, and our responsibility in restoring those latent and inactive places throughout the world, and also calling forth sons to come alongside and do the same thing. So we are Tabernacle of David people. So there has to be a free will offering that comes into that. We're also temple people. What is the temple? Well, we are called to go forth as representatives of his saintly win in order to fulfill what is being directed and manifested from that heavenly temple, that TTT, right? So we are also in function in the temple. We are temples of his spirit. We are temples of God. So we can talk about, you know, God giving the plans for the tabernacle, and we can talk about God giving the plans for the temple and God bringing provision through the heart. It's the same thing for us, y'all. Did I just say y'all? <laughs> People, us, friends? It's the same thing. It's just new covenant. It's just, it's, 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 it's our spiritual walk. It's our spiritual call. And so there has to be that free will offering, and, um, and it has to come from the heart. Okay, let's look at God's army. This is another way that this, this, this is manifested. And this is the song of Deborah, okay? You know, and this, this reminded me of the very first time we went into Paris, and Tammy Stewart had gotten a prophetic word about driving a nail underneath the Eiffel Tower. Remember that? Do you guys remember that? And, and so this song of Deborah, right before this song of Deborah, is when that happened, where, um, where she took um, Jael, she drove that nail of the tent into Sisera's temple. Remember that? He was asleep. Now, he must have been really tired. But she fastened his head to the ground with his nail. And um, says he was asleep, but then he died. And they actually won the victory over Sisera and over the Canaanites at that time. And so this is um, Deborah commending the people and commending the leaders for their offering in that army during that holy war. Judges 5, beginning with verse 1. Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, on, on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O kings of Israel, hear, O kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou winnest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, and the earth trembled, and the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water. The mountains melted before the Lord, even that Sinai, Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. My heart, and then verse 9, my heart is toward the governors, which are the leaders of Israel, that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye, bless ye the Lord. So this song, or the beginning of this song, is really about her commending the people and the leadership for joining the army and fighting. And subsequently, God coming in and freeing them, intervening on their behalf, and they had this great victory. So it comes in warfare, too. 
you know, are you willing to give your whole heart? Are you willing to make that free will offering when God calls you into spiritual battle? You better believe it. We are. But it's, it's, this is something that, that he, he requires of us. And then the mighty men. Second Chronicles 17, 10 through 6. And this is when Jehoshaphat was, was reigning. And, and, you know, Jehoshaphat was very powerful because he devoted his heart. He devoted himself to the heart and ways of God. And he followed the ways of David, his father, or his father. And um, through that devotion to the Lord, his kingdom had great prosperity and was, was greatly expanded. Okay? So this is about the mighty man that fought in his kingdom. And the fear of the Lord fell upon the kingdoms of the hands that were round about Judah, so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. And some of the Philistines brought, they even brought him presents. <laughs> okay? They brought him flocks and silver and rams. I mean, that's a lot of rams. 7,700 goats. Okay? And he waxed greatly exceedingly, and he built Judah castles and cities of store. And he had much business in the cities of Judah, and the men of war, mighty of valor, were in Jerusalem. And these are the numbers of them according to the house of the fathers. Um, and then the last verse, 16, it says, And next to him was Amasiah. The son of Zikri, who, sorry you guys, I should know how to pronounce them, who willingly nadabbed himself unto the Lord, and with him 200,000 mighty men of valor. And this word for valor, we've studied that. That's really actually from the root of chul. So it's a word for force, but it literally means to twirl and to restore um, in a very forceful way. And so I bring this up to say that I'm sure that these other men also willingly offered themselves. But for whatever reason, this man was called out for willingly offering himself and subsequently with him 200,000 mighty men of valor. That's the influence that you have when you give. And so as God's building this army, I want you to remember that, that when you freely give as a mighty man on behalf of restoring on behalf of what he's called us to do to take back the kingdom you have great influence and who knows you might have 200,000 mighty men that are coming alongside you and following you because of your free offering before the Lord for offering yourself um, before the Lord on behalf of the battle amen and then lastly this 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 passage out of Psalms 110 I wish I could say this with David Ruiz's voice. Because <laughs> that's the first thing you think of, right, when you read this, this psalm. How many times have we heard this? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pick this apart because I absolutely love this psalm. Actually, this isn't the end, so I better, I better scoot. So it says, The Lord Yahweh said unto my Lord Adonai, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies footstool so until and of course he's speaking to the Messiah because this is a time the day of power of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes to power he's in power but when he becomes um, when he is um, that king when he is rising to the throne I guess suppose here upon the earth the Lord shall send a rod of thy strength out of Zion and rule thou in the midst of thine enemies 
Thy people, this is us. Thy people, people who freely give themselves in service, enlisting under his banner, shall be willing, shall, uh, shall be volunteers, shall be free will offerings in his day of power. And this word for power is this, this root word that we just talked about. It's, it, it's hael and it comes from chul. So in that day of his power, of his hael, we will be willing. Amen? And then it says, in the beauties of holiness. So in holy saintling array, or really in the loveliness of spiritual worship, you can interpret that however you want, but in the glory of holiness, in the glory of our saintly calling, arrayed in, in, in holiness, from the womb of the morning. Now this womb of the morning speaks of grace. Okay? So from the womb of the morning, in his grace... Thou hast the dew of thy youth. And this youth represents strength and activity. And the dew represents whatever is refreshing and strengthening. So, so in that day, in that day of his power, when this happens, we will be there as a willing offering. We will be his people that are willing in his day when he rises to the throne and, and, and we function with him in the glory of our saintly array, our saintly calling, in the grace of the morning. And we have the dew of the youth. We have that continual strength and activity that comes through the youth and that continuous refreshing and strengthening. And I absolutely just love that. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And this just means... That, that priestly calling continually, perpetually. And so in that day, he's looking for us to be willing. And we will be. Because we will give all of our heart to what he is doing and to his rulership here upon the earth. Amen? Amen. And then I'm going to give you a couple, we're going to look at a couple of, of verses that speak of God giving the free will offering because he's such a good God. Psalm 68, beginning with verse 7. O God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, when they did march through the wilderness, Selah, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Thou, God, did send plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. So God here is praised for restoring the heritage of his people by sending that rain voluntarily. Um... And then I have here, involved in this confession is the idea that the covenant God Jehovah gave prosperity, but not because he was bound to in any way, but he did it out of the heart of who he is. And that's just the God that we serve. The people had broken covenant, yet he still blessed them. And has he not been doing that continuously over the ages? Thank God for his mercy and grace. And then Hosea 14, beginning with verse 1, this speaks of his boundless love oh wait I'm sorry guys I'm gonna did I give you four the verses one through three I'm gonna read this I don't think I'll put it on your sheet but it just preempts what I wanted you to see it says O Israel return to the Lord thy God for thou hast fallen by thy iniquity take with you words and turn to the Lord say unto him take away all iniquity and receive us graciously this is their prayer 
so will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon the horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are, ye are, ye are our God, for in thee the fatherless find mercy. And then verse 4, I will heal, this is God's response, I will heal their black backsliding, and I will love them freely. I will offer my heart fully, wholly to them, for mine anger is turned away from him. And, and at this point in time, they, his people had trusted in Assyria, and they had depended on Egypt for a lots of different things, and subsequently were left fatherless and severed from God. Their sins were renounced, and God's re- reply to their self-condemning prayer was, I will love you freely. That's who he is, and that's who we serve, and that's why we give to him freely, because that's who he is. Amen? And then lastly, in the, in the, the New Covenant, I just wanted to, to share a couple of scriptures that God put on my heart as I was studying this. The first one is John 3.16. I mean, it just kept coming back to me. Um, probably one of the greatest verses ever known, ever written. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting love, everlasting life. That was his offering to us. He gave his only begotten son, his only begotten son for us. That was his whole heart he gave for us so that we might have everlasting love. Amen? And then Jesus gave the greatest free will offering. He gave of himself. And and here in John 10, verse 18, No man take it from me, He's talking about his life. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. And this commandment have, have I received of my Father. So he gave that free will offering to his Father. And subsequently gave it to us. And, and that was his choice. It wasn't, it was his choice. He chose to do that for us. And that is really the apex of offering. And then John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Amen. So that is the Lord. That is the God that we serve. And um, that is the God that we give our whole heart to. And, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of needs. And, and I know there's a lot of individual needs. I know this house has a lot of needs. And, and you know, pastors, we live here. You know, this is our this is our house, and 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 he's pretty open and upfront with with what the needs are. But then, a lot of times he just carries them, and trusts the Lord, and prays and asks the Lord, provide. And God always provides. But if this does anything for you, I just ask that it would stir your heart before the Lord, because this is, has nothing to do with anybody else, but us before the Lord, and and just um, just examine yourself. And, and be sensitive to, to, to giving of yourself freely, voluntarily, how, however that looks like, whatever is required. And, and, and I know that as we expand and as we grow, and, and, and guys, this is happening. I mean, it's almost just overwhelming to even think about what the demands are. Um, we all have to be willing to give of ourselves in greater measure, however God um, 
requires of us. But just be sensitive to just that, that touch of his heart um, because he doesn't force it upon us. He never forces anything upon us. He gives us a free will so that we can choose. And this free will offering is really the manifestation of, our, of, of the free will of our heart. And um, so, amen? Amen. I bless you. I bless your household. I bless every church that is represented in this network, every church that might be listening. I bless this house. And I just, I, I end by just offering on behalf of this house and on behalf of his people our hearts and our service to him. And, and, and I ask of him that he would continue to give us the vision to, to illuminate that vision, to keep that vision at the forefront of our hearts and, and that we would stay focused on that and that every measure of provision that is needed, every resource um, spiritually, physically, emotionally, in any way, financially, that we would fully trust that he's going to meet. And, um, and we will be able to do far exceedingly above and beyond even what we think we can do because we're extending that empty hand as he extends that empty hand to us. And um, we're going to see the miraculous. And we're going to see things happen that are going to just absolutely astound us. But maybe not. So, I, I mean, maybe not. Maybe we'll just be expecting it, right? Because he's God. And so um, I bless you. And I thank you, and uh, amen. Amen. So have a wonderful evening, and uh, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the revelation that you give to us. We thank you for um, for all that you are in our lives, and, and, and we truly give from a devoted heart in full measure, and um we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.